Welcome back to Broken Laces. On today's show, Eli Bernstein joins the podcast to talk really nerd out about backpacking gear. And the nerding out is probably on my behalf, but I I think Eli joins. In the conversation, we chat about Backpacker Magazine, where he currently works as a gear editor, how he ended up there, how they review and test gear, and general tips for consumers when picking gear. Eli has worked as Backpacker Magazine's gear editor for for four years. He spends most of his time trying to hike, ski, and climb in scenic places with as few people around as possible. I echo that. All while testing gear and not trying to fall too in love with it. I think the last time I chatted with him, he was um, letting me know. I was about to use the word complain, uh, but it's hard to complain about the problem he has of having a basement full of gear and trying to pack it up and move it across uh, states. So I found Eli's enthusiasm and knowledge about a gear really an engaging listen, and I think you'll pick up a few nuggets on what you may need to pay more attention to in your next gear purchase. Plus, his trails and ales section has already been marked on my hiking to-do list. Let's get into our conversation with Eli. Welcome to Broken Laces, everybody. We're happy to have Eli Bernstein with us today. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, it's. Um, we were just talking a little bit pre-show about how receptive the outdoor industry is with my cold calls. So I, I just happened across your profile online and said, let me shoot an email to Eli. I want to get somebody on the show to talk gear, and you didn't, you didn't disappoint. You wanted to come on the show and just talk some gear. Yeah, I think uh, you, you find that among uh, most, of, most people who work with gear in the outdoor industry, where we have this job because we like talking about gear, um, it's definitely not one of those, uh, you know, jobs where most people that I run into are like, oh, you know, another day, another dollar. I'm sick of this. Everyone's pretty stoked to to talk about what they've been testing usually. Definitely. It's one of those you, you got to love your job and I'm assuming you love your job. And so it's not a not a bad thing to hop on a podcast and just talk more shop. Exactly. You know, people, I, friends of mine who will come to me and say, Hey, you know, I don't want to bother you and bring work stuff, but can you give me some advice? I was like, oh, that is not a problem in the least. I love talking about this stuff. Love it. So how did you, I, I usually start my podcast with how'd you get there? So like, how did you get to the point of working as a gear editor for Backpacker Magazine, a magazine that I've subscribed to? I, I, I counted like 14, 15 plus years now. So it's the holy grail for me for all things backpacking. How, how'd you get there? Uh, so first off, thanks for... Thanks for the kind words and, and supporting this. Uh, that means a lot. Um, I actually, believe it or not, did not really know about Backpacker as an entity um, for most of my life. And I think it was when I was in my mid-20s, I picked it up in, in some airport kiosk. Um, I remember I, I saw a article about a... Tra- I think it's a, the Trans-Balkan ch- Trail or the, the Balkan Connector Trail, what have you. Right. Um, I don't even remember what else was in the issue. I was like, I'm going to hike that someday. That's rad. What is, you know, what is this magazine that I've never heard of? Um, fast forward a few years later, um, I had been working in sports media um, from when I graduated from college. Uh, I worked at a, a sports publication uh, and every vacation I took, I realized after a point was outdoor related. 
um, usually was hiking. Um, and when I got sort of tired of my day job, I thought about a way that I could fuse my interest of what I was doing with the rest of my time uh, with a journalism career. So I sent a completely uh, cold letter to Backpacker saying, there you go. this is who I am. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I am a journalist and uh, I also have a long history of the outdoors. My, my family got my brother and I hiking when we were very, very young. Um, and I figured, you know, in, in very naively maybe that I was like, oh, you know, I have the, the big time journalism job and, uh, uh, you know, I'm outdoorsy. Who melds those things? Completely not knowing about the robust outdoor journalism industry. Um, and Backpacker sent me a rejection letter and said, uh, sorry, we already have someone in the position. We're full up, but we'll keep your, uh, your letter on file. And about a year later, uh, out of the blue, um, the editor-in-chief at the time, Dennis Luan, emailed me back and said, hey, are you still looking for a job? And here we are. That's amazing. And it's, it's often with my guests, you find that skill, but there's also just this little, you know, happenstance bit of luck too, that comes along with it. Oh yeah. I got, I got completely lucky. Um, I, and you know, after, you know, I, I didn't get the original job off of that cold letter and who does that anyway? Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> I completely put it out of my mind. Um, so when I got that email from Dennis out of the blue, I was pretty blown away and then was like, Oh man, do I hope I get this gig? And uh, I got lucky. So you had a, you got a degree in journalism. And so it was something intentional that you were directing yourself to. But beyond that, you, you made some career choices that got you to that path. Um, I guess. Um, you know, I, I was working at Sports Illustrated beforehand, which I, I guess mm -hmm. is, is relatively well known. So I had a big name behind me. But I don't even think in my application or, or when I interviewed afterwards, uh, I talked about my, my journalism background too much. It, it was a lot more of, you know, discussions about how enthusiastic are you about the outdoors and also, yeah, can you write and edit a bit? So it's a skill set, but are you aligned to the mission as well? Exactly, exactly. And yeah. that's, that's one of the reasons why I both love working at Backpacker and working in the outdoor industry as a whole is because everyone is just so excited to talk about their adventures or this rad trail that they just heard of, or I saw a moose the other day and I love talking about that. Um, so it, it's really, I found my people in this industry um, and I'm thankful every day for that. Well, five minutes in, we've already learned proof in the pudding, a cold call or a cold email sometimes pays off. I love, I love the theme already. But my next question is is about this relationship you have with your readers. And, and I call Backpacker kind of the honest broker for gear where you have to satisfy your readers, but you also have these working relationships with the gear industry, the makers. And so how is it, man how is it managing that push-pull tension and, and kind of how clued are you in to the upcoming, you know, years, years worth of gear design and function? So um, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, our fidelity is to our readers. Um, you know, we want to bring them completely unbiased, uh, very informative reviews of the gear that we've been testing. Of course, I do have very good working relationships with most, if not all, of the you know major gear companies out there, and 
they know that we want to be honest. Um, they like that about us um, because, you know, I don't think any gear company wants to be known for a product that doesn't do something that they claim it does. And gear companies are both very happy when we give a honestly good review to our re- that our readers can read. And they're also totally uh, fine with getting honest feedback. Um, there have been many times when either myself or another test for backpacker has, you know, given a gear company feedback that doesn't make it into the review. Say, Hey, you know, we really like this feature, but what if it did this or why doesn't it do this? And a couple times we've had companies say, Oh, we haven't thought of that. Or, Oh, actually you're using it wrong. It does this. In which case we have to go back and look at it again. Um, But being a, being objective is the best, you know, benefits both our readers and gear companies themselves. Um, of course, I was taught when I first uh, got this role that any product from the smallest, you know, rubberized twist tie to a thousand dollar tent is someone's baby at the end of the day. That, you know, someone put so many hours of design and thought and passion into creating a piece of gear that we never, and I, I never, I guess, um, but, but the backpacker staff as a whole We'll never just turn to someone and say, hey, this is terrible, um, because that is really not being respectful to the body of work that went into it. So we are always happy to offer constructive criticism, and that is sort of keeps relationships with gear companies healthy. Um, In terms of featuring products or not, companies these days are well aware of, you know, we have an edit lineup and and have a goal for a certain number uh, of products that we want to put in either an online article or in the magazine. And, you know, we do still have to be selective and I've never gotten a ton of pushback for, hey, why didn't you include this as long as we can give a company uh, an answer that's based on testing and based on our experience with it. In terms of that relationship with those gear makers, do they, I know you have like the annual conferences that you probably attend and you learn more about the up and coming features, but what are, what are some of the other ways you learn about the new trends, if you will? It's, it's pretty boring, to be honest. Uh, it, it is usually at these trade shows, uh, which happen a couple times a year, or you know they did in normal times. Uh, now it has moved online with the rest of the world. Or just plain, uh, I'll get an email that says, hey, check this out. Um, and sometimes that email will be something that is not that exciting, but other times it'll be something that's pretty sweet. In terms of the, the public relations machinery um, that these you know, get gear companies employ to get the word out, uh, after, you know, three and a half years on the job, I know most of, uh, the public relation folks pretty well. Um, so it, it's not like I'm receiving an email from someone who I'm like, oh, who's this? Uh, I know what to pay attention to. And, uh, companies usually are pretty excited to, you know, bring their latest innovations, not just to me, but to, to every outdoor journalist covering gear. Yep. And I'd imagine once you've received a product or they've asked you to review one or you guys get the the inkling to feature a particular piece of gear, you have to put it through some sort of testing. And so I would love to just, when I read your magazine, I'm imagining the crews of hikers going out to test these products. Like, Give us a little of insight into like that process and, and any interesting stories you have on that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that that I'm probably most proud of um, as uh, a gear editor for Backpacker, besides our objectivity, is just how 
intensely with te- we test gear. There are, you know, if, if we wanted to turn things around quickly, we could go out and use something for a weekend or maybe two, three weeks and say, hey, this is what we think. This is how it did. Um, and, you know, that would be that. Uh, but we think that the, the and this, this uh, mindset was instilled long before I became the gear edit backpacker. So I, I had a really good platform to, to work on when I came on board. Um, was that we test the hell out of things for months on end. Um, I'd say an average testing time for a single piece of gear for us is like three, four months, you know, with with plenty plenty of gear that gets tested longer for that. Um, usually we will test uh, cold weather gear from late winter into late spring or early summer. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of, a lot of our testers are are in high mountainous regions, so that that snow and cold stays on pretty late. Um, and we will test warm weather gear from roughly early summer through late fall. And, you know, when you test something for a weekend, you could probably tell if it works or not. When you test something for four months, uh, you get to really know the ins and outs, where it excels, where it doesn't, what it does particularly well, uh, you know, some maybe some unique things about a piece of gear. And we really get to, to know the gear over that time. In terms of interesting uh, testing stuff. Um, <clears throat> un- unfortunately, my, I, I do still have a desk job. Um, so I am not just running around uh, in the yeah. wilderness all the time. Uh, if it was up to me, I would, but we do have work to do at a computer. But so tell, us, tell us about the testers. So say you have one piece of gear, how many testers end up touching that piece of gear? Yeah, we try to cycle it through two or three people. Um, okay. Because you know, one one person's experience won't be the same as another's. Everyone hikes differently. Everyone experiences the outdoors differently. Um, and we also like to get it to different environments. Uh, say, so ideally, let's say, you know, we have a shell that we want to test, a rain shell. We would get it out, you know, somewhere in the Rockies, uh, you know, which is dry usually and, and, and cold. Uh, then get it out maybe in the Pacific Northwest where you have a lot more humidity and then maybe somewhere in the desert to see how well it breathes uh, when you're hiking in hot conditions. No, that makes sense. And then you also have to think of body types, I'd assume, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we That can be, if we only get uh, one sample of a product, that can be a little harder. Um, but if there, if there are multiple uh, sample sizes available to us, we try to get it on you know as many people with differing uh, either physical traits or hiking styles as possible. And then I'm assuming I'm, I'm getting too process heavy, which is a little bit of my day job, but I'm imagining <laughs> these, these testers have some sort of, you know, review or form they've got to fill out, or, or are they coming back to the office and saying, here's, here's what this zipper did, or why, you know, why did it breathe this way? Or Under me, um, and, and really the, 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 the bedrock of the backpacker testing system uh, are folks that we call category managers. Mm. Uh, so we have a sleeping bags testing category manager, a tents testing category manager, and so on. Um, these are usually freelancers. Uh, we have some editors who, who take that role on themselves, uh, but these are usually uh, freelance outdoor journalists. And everyone pretty much has their own unique way of getting tester feedback from the testers that are below them. Right. Because, um, you know, it's... I can't test 150 pieces of gear in a season and neither can my category manager. So we really try to spread the love around. Um, and some category managers will give out forms. Some will talk to their friends on the phone. Some will, you know, uh, I've, <laughs> I've uh, filled out like some 
quiz some you know uh, uh, sure, not quiz, yeah, uh yeah, yeah. some survey style st- style stuff online for some of my writers um everyone really has their own way uh but then they synthesize that feedback and then give it to me and that's how an article comes about which gets me to the a perfect segue right there as we march down the process of reviewing a piece of gear and that is the springtime gear list that comes out is that is that the april edition may i'm trying to remember yeah that uh that that is the march april edition of backpacker is our spring gear guide spring gear guide so for me it's it's yeah whatever piece of gear i might be in interest of that year you know i need to upgrade my day pad i'm just going to go to that section so how do the editor's choice awards get picked so in any given testing season, uh, as I said earlier, we usually have a cold weather testing season and a warm weather testing season. <sighs> oh man, I don't even know how many pieces of gear we test each season these days. It has to be in the 300 to 400 product range. But a few times during those few those five or six months when we're testing this stuff, I will check in with everyone else who's testing things, especially our category managers. I will check with the other editors um, and just ask folks, what's testing well? What's really blowing you away? And I'm also armed with, you know, knowledge from these trade shows, from these uh, PR pitches uh, from gear companies about what, at least on paper, looks new and exciting. So let's say there is a backpacking pack uh, that, I don't know, has a super cool new suspension system. I will go to our PAX category manager uh, if I haven't tested myself, which is usually the case anyway, uh, or rather, I will usually test things myself, but I, if I haven't seen it, uh, I will sure. go to our PAX category manager and say, hey, how is this pack doing? You know, that suspension looked really cool when I saw it at the show or when I looked at a video of it. And if a product has gotten really high marks across the board from our testers, then us editors will take those handful of products on a trip. Um, and we do one trip for cold weather testing and one trip for warm weather testing. That's right, because there's usually a story profiled about where these people end up venturing to, right? And you, you go global with that particular trip. We've, uh, yeah, that that is definitely one of the best perks of the job that, you know, I was completely unaware of when I joined up. Um, and that's always a fun thing when, you know, you're told like, oh, by the way, now you get to pick a trip for all of us to go on. And we have done international trips in the past. Uh, Obviously, this past year was tough for that. Right. Uh, we were we were actually supposed to go in April, which is the tail of our, of our cold weather testing season. We were going to go uh, on a backcountry ski trek in Georgia, like the country of Georgia. Mm. Uh, so we were all super stoked about that. Um, and <laughs> up until the last minute, we're sort of like, I think, you know what? I think this sounds good. I think we got it. Uh, and we definitely would have been just stranded in Eastern Europe. Right. Like it, it would have been terrible. But in, in, in better times, uh, we get to go some fun places. Um, and I know you asked about interesting testing stories uh, a few minutes ago. Some of the things that can result when you are testing, let's say, out of season, because, you know, let's say in late October, early November, which is when we usually do our warm weather testing trips, it's uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. It's beginning to, to get a little cold a lot of places. Right. Um, so we've had a few situations uh, where... We are testing like summer weight sleeping bags and summer weight gear, and it is just freezing. Uh, we got some about, I don't know, five, six inches of snow on a trip uh, in Catalonia a couple of years ago, and it was just the most miserable night I've ever spent outdoors. Like we were running sprints up a hill next to camp to try to keep warm. It was brutal. Yes. I mean, you're telling me you're going to Catalonia and we're going to go to Georgia and I, I can't recall all of the others and I'm super jealous over here. But yes, tell me more bad stories to make me feel. Like 
Um, you know, there's uh, there, there's the usual, uh, you know, we, we forgot something, you know, even, yeah. even quote unquote outdoor professionals uh, are, are not perfect in getting your packing list together. Uh, I think the, the first editor's choice trip I ever went on was to New Zealand and we had some pretty horrendous weather, like tent sideways in the wind weather. And I completely forgot to check that one of the tents we had taken had all of its tent stakes. Right. Um, so we had to improvise and uh, I, I got some, some stern looks from, from the other editors who were probably like, who is this jabroni who's coming in here as gear editor and forgetting tent stakes. But I, now, now I know to check no matter what. One of the things that I, I deal with a, with a lot personally um, is I, you know, apply to be a gear editor and like being a gear editor because, you know, I, I guess feel very strongly about pieces of gear that perform well for me. And under normal circumstances, I'm definitely the person and was before I, be, I got this job who would, you know, have a favorite pair of boots or have a favorite pack and just, you know, use it every single chance I could and would form, you know, I don't want to get sappy, but let's say form a bond with this piece of equipment. Uh, I can't do that anymore because I have to test so many things. So there have definitely been times where I'm pretty bummed to, to have to give up using a tent or a pack or, or a pair of boots so I can go test an unknown on, on whatever trip I'm going on. Yeah, you're going to somewhere beautiful and you'd, you'd rather just things go well. You don't need to yeah. in things right now. <laughs> I, I have not had many abject failures yeah. and I think... I don't have any wood around me, but I would knock on it if I could, because yeah. it definitely happens. Uh, but I've gotten lucky where I've not had any abject gear failures that have put me in a uncomfortable situation out in the wilderness yet. Nice. Thank you for sharing. I, I, I want to switch gears and ask you some kind of quick lightning round types questions on gear. And I'm usually the most victim of my own lightning round questions and asking longer questions than provide you time for. <laughs> so what what's the simplest gear that you provide recommendations for it just comes down to you know a simple binary maybe uh a tent um a tent doesn't you know matter about you know uh your body type or uh you know sort you usually what type of hike you are either it works and it's comfortable sleeping or it doesn't right and it's space size three season Sp- four season like they're, they're space size different. weight stability yeah. yep uh what's the most difficult uh, boots. Everyone's feet are completely different, and the best boot is the one that fits you right. Uh, and I don't know what that is. Thank you for saying that, because I've told hikers that. I know when my wife was getting boots, she was, you know, hopping into the gear guide I gave her, and I was like, "This is great. We have some choices, but you have to go put it on. We have to go in there and walk around for like thirty minutes, which seems like aggressive." But you really need to know how it fits on your foot. And that's how I learned. I have wide feet. Like, I didn't know that, you know, when I was a younger hiker. But now I know I need to pick a wide foot hiking boot. Yep, that is that is one thing. All, always buy it in the store. Just always try it on first. Yep. Totally agree. The next question is probably the boots. I, I had what is really tailored to a user's interest or body shape. And it's probably backpacks and boots, I'd guess. Uh, b- boots and backpacks for sure. Um, sleeping bags more than you think. Mm. Um, I am... am relatively small statured, so I really don't have a problem with this, but I have a lot of long-limbed friends or, you know, larger friends who cannot sleep in some bags because some of, you know, let's say a really space-efficient and heat-efficient mummy bag will not work for those types of people. I found that difficult and just kind of knowing my sleeping style too. Like, I I feel like normally people, you know, search for temperature or fit and I'm just like, hey, I want to lay on my side. Like, what's the best sleeping style bag? And that's, that's hard to find. 
I am a, I'm also a side sleeper, um, and I've just gotten used to the fact that <laughs> no, no bag will, will ever really yeah, never accommodate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. There's a new one, uh, not to get too topical, but it, it had kind of the expandable vents. Vents is the wrong word, but it gives you like 10 inches of extra circumference. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm pretty sure that that is the, the Big Agnes... Uh, uh, is it the, the Starfire maybe? Um, I whatever. It, I it is I think it's the big guys in front. And I I I use that bag heavily uh, two summers ago, and it is it is fantastic actually. There you go. I didn't even have that in the question. I should have just had like test your gear knowledge. Like uh, <laughs> the tent that's a three season and has got four door. No no no. We'll yeah, on. sometimes in the morning I can't remember if I brush my teeth or not. But you know, you give me a, a tent from three years ago, and I got you. Yeah. Where is there a lot of progress currently in the gear industry? Uh, I think there's a, a ton of progress um, in shells, in making things more breathable, lighter, more comfortable. Um, I think there's a ton of progress in ultralight. Uh, some of the new fibers and constructions throughout these days, you know, folks using DCF, folk use, folks using uh, Dyneema stuff, um, and, you know, just, just playing around with different fabrics and, and different materials is really incredible. Uh, just the the weight dropping on on things that used to be Jeez, yeah. a concern is is just really crazy these days. Agreed. Um, yeah, and uh, and that that applies to to packs and tents uh, pretty much equally. Yeah, and then where conversely, where are we stuck in gear? Uh, I have to go back to footwear again. Uh, I just like I have not seen a, a true improvement on on a comfy hiking boot or a, or a trail running shoe in ages. Um, I think there's only so much you can do with the tech that we have now, um, besides making the midsole thinner or fatter, or you know, making the lugs this or that, uh, there's only I think so much variation that that makes progress these days. And I'd imagine I didn't have a question on this, but just thinking about the progress and and being and what's stuck, like the price point, I would imagine is improving just with the competitiveness in the in the in an industry. You know what I. I, I don't think it is. Okay. I, I think stuff. I think stuff's getting more expensive, which which is a bummer. Um, I uh, and this this is not just in backpacking. I think this is across the outdoor industry. Um, and if you're talking about making these activities accessible for everyone, mm-hmm. um, I think there needs to be a change. I'm not sure what that change would be. Uh, and you know, we we get a lot of letters from readers who say, "Hey, I I love this article on you know breaking down this this gear category," but all of it is, is, is just too expensive. Um, so we really try to be, try to include budget picks these days right. uh, in all of our rundowns and are very conscious about price. If, if we have, if we are faced with two products that perform exactly the same, but one is significantly cheaper than the other, we are always going to review the cheaper one. If there's only room for one, I guess reading your magazine enough to see some of the budget picks. I was I don't know if it, it's all across the board that it's shooting up or if... Uh, I mean, there, there are definitely companies who who make a concerted effort to keep prices down. Um, just off the top of my head, like Sierra Designs um, and Kelty have always been known for making gear that, that can perform, you know, with the high price competitors, but you're really right. not paying as much. What's exciting in your job? Versus what's monotonous, and I, the answer is probably pretty obvious. <laughs> uh, the the uh, there are a few parts of my job that I find really exciting. Uh, I the gear nerd in me loves getting my hands on you know that product that I've been told about and finally can go out and test it. 
Um, I also love the ability to go hike for work. Um, you know, as, as I said earlier, I am a desk jockey when all is said and done, but we do have a lot of freedom at Backpacker to say, hey, you know, I'm actually going to, gonna, you know, take a three, four day weekend because I need to go test some stuff and, uh, you know, get out in the woods. And that's usually not meant, not met with a lot of pushback. The monotonous part is, <laughs> to be honest, it is the amount of stuff that, that piles up in my home. Uh, I have just good problem to have box. So I thought that too, at the beginning, (laughs) and then I, I I recently moved and realized when I went down into my, to my basement gear locker, that there was no way I was fitting everything in my new place. Uh, and that, uh, that caused a, a bunch of stress for a while. On the topic of the price point from earlier, what do you recommend somebody who's getting into hiking? Where should they go budget? And where, if they had to splurge, would you say splurge a little bit? It's a good question. I I think the the old maxim is is you know beds and car tundra, car tires. It's it's whatever is between you and the ground. Uh, so splurging on you know a, a good pair of hiking boots that fits, uh, a sleeping pad that's warm and a bag that's warm as well. Uh, that's a, that's a really good start. It's pretty hard to find a backpacking pack these days, or even a day pack that. Right, you know, is just straight up uncomfortable. Again, you know, try a pack on, see if it fits with your body type. But you know, usually you're not going to take a pack out and go, "Man, this just cannot carry the weight." And if you're if you're just starting out, you don't need to go super ultralight. A lot of tents will do the job just fine as well. Well, I'd like to applaud both of us. I think my lightning round questions were lightning round like, and I think your answers were too. So I appreciate you playing along. Uh, with me. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I want to end the podcast with our regular trails and ales section. And it's, uh, remind me where you're, where you're currently living. So I'm currently, uh, post up in Jackson, Wyoming. There you go. Um, I, uh, used to be in Denver, a backpackers based in Boulder, but I moved up here about a month ago. Well, and you're well-traveled, so it doesn't have to be a local, local hike, but give me, give the readers uh, a favorite hike and a favorite brewery that you would pair with it. The only backpacking trip that I returned to in Colorado um, cause I usually like to go somewhere new every time, but I did this three times, um, is a loop in the Uncompagre wilderness in the San Juans in Southern Colorado. Yeah. Um, and there's a loop you can do off the Matterhorn Creek trailhead. Take a look at a map. There are a lot of valleys and passes that you can link. Uh, there are a couple 14ers down there that you can hit and it is just the most amazing scenery. Uh, it is not a lot of people go down there, and even few of them go back into the valleys uh, that are a few miles off the trailhead, and it is just stunning. And after that, or before, you know, if you want to hit it both, <laughs> right. uh, which I think I did last time, actually, uh, Lake City, which is the, the tiny little town outside of that wilderness area, um, has Lake City Brewing, which is just a really, it just feels hikery. Um, you know, it's, that's, it's right off the CDT, and Lake City has a a reputation for hosting CDT hikers and just stopping in there and getting a beer and, you know, talking to people about, about, you know, the outdoors in the area is just awesome. Remind me of the trailhead again. Uh, that I believe is the, the Matterhorn Creek trailhead in the Uncompagre wilderness. And then you go to Lake Lake city brewing. What, what beer of choice do you remember? Oh man, that is, uh, I, I, I'm usually a Pilsner type of guy. So I, I think I liked whatever they had. Of, oh, you know what? Actually they had a red ale that I really liked there, there that go. I can tell you. 
Good. Well, I want to thank you for your time. It was, uh, I know I geeked out a little bit. I hope some of the listeners were geeking out on some of how Backpacker puts their gear list together, how they review it, and then some of your recommendations on current gear and, and some of the things that test out really well. So I appreciate your time, Eli. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, I love nerding out on gear with other folks. So uh, I really appreciate it. And obviously the call out is go check out Backpacker. That's pretty and easy, go, right? Go check out Backpacker. I think you'll like it. There you go. Thanks, Eli. All right. Have a good one.